Good morning, uh, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Here we are on the Rugby Report card for week three. Um, I'm nestling into a delicious scotch um, with one ice cube, how I like it. Blake, what are you nestling into? Me, Jim, I've got a uh, Johnny Walker Double Black, Breakfast mm. and Champions. I, can um, hear... I, go for, I go for two bits of two bits of ice as my preferred. With I can hear the rattle, I can hear the love rattle. Richard, Absolutely talk to me, delicious. what are you drinking, buddy? Just tap water, mate. <laughs> it's too easy, isn't it? It's low-hanging fruit. It's just so easy to pick. It's just the easiest fruit to pick. Why is that, Richard? You're not a not a drinker. Oh, I just I feel like it would be a little bit more challenging to uh, look after an 18-month-old with a, with a hangover the following day. So. Uh, no, not not having a scotch on a on a Monday night. No. Dude, one drink does not equate to a hangover. <laughs> so that you, is very why, true. You're six, you're six foot six, Richard. It would take it would take a well. It would take a well of liquor to get you pissed. It would, wouldn't it? Definitely not anymore. Um, why, Jim? Why are we starting a rugby podcast with uh, alcohol banter? What's going on here, mate? We're, we're, There's four of the best games of rugby played in years. Yeah, look, well... What's your agenda? Well, fuck, shirts don't last forever, do they? We need a sponsorship. <laughs> that cash uh, is spent. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on that happening. Uh, well, well I'm fuck, glad... enjoy your tap water, then. <laughs> I'm glad we've established that Richard's a responsible father and we yeah. are uh, high-functioning alcoholics. So... But, but you must be shredded, then, Richard. You must be fucking in shape. If I didn't drink... I would be... It's the only thing separating me and fucking being an Adonis. Because I, I gym all the time. All the time. I just booze. Oh, I booze. Oh, I booze. <laughs> no, I Look, just if I didn't drink, drink, I would be a Greek god. But, alas. <laughs> <laughs> Bottoms up. <laughs> I had a sip, actually, after I said that. Anyway, we digress too far, because in all seriousness, it was... I'm loving everything about this competition it has totally reinvigorated my love for super rugby um we've had two cracking games in new zealand um but to step away from the hyperbole that their competition's better than ours we had two equally fucking cracking games of rugby in australia a, a truly fantastic weekend of rugby um i loved Sincerely, I loved every minute of it. I really enjoyed all parts of it. Um, so Can I ask, is your, love, um, is your love of uh, Super Rugby uh, increased by the fact that you only have to play Australian teams? It's all, it's all of it, mate. It's the time slot. It's the fact that I get to watch my team play teams play every week uh, rather than them go and disappearing for three weeks as I press record and don't get to watch it. I love that the games are competitive if that's what you're angling at. Um, and I reckon I, I another thing in the favour, another thing in the favour is even if, because I'm watching the Super Rugby in New Zealand as um, <laughs> as as regularly, talking? and it's four games, it's four games a week. I can do that. I can fucking swing that. Hmm. It's not eight Rather games, than... three of them, I'm trying to squeeze into a ten-minute period Sunday morning so I'll have something to fucking say on this podcast. Um, it, it's, I agree. It's and there is something there is something magical about getting to watch provincial rugby in South Africa. Um, I like the different commentary. It's biased. Um, I like the different stadiums. I love that it's daytime footy and you get that that feel. There is something special about that. But let's be honest, you can't follow it. No. And they got you so many I mean? fucking Vander Hoog and Haydens. It's really hard to follow. 
let's not be racist. But yeah, but every Jim. second Come week, they, they all sign for Europe and there's a bunch of new kids you don't know about. And it makes it pretty hard to follow. All those Dutch names, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Which is apparently problematic. Um, so shall we, shall we jump in with the, the first game of the round? Because we've got four cracking games of rugby to yarn about. And we also have a hell of a lot of rugby news that's happened. So shall we jump in with the, uh, with the Reds Force game, which was an absolute belter. The, the Force came out just like the week before, absolutely flying. Mm. Uh, we criticised their attack last week. You can't make that criticism this week. John O'Lance played flat at the line and delivered absolute bullets. Um, they were on fire. They came out of the gate absolutely firing. I think what, what really, really hurt them um, was probably Pryor going off injured. Um, I think he really is a cornerstone for much of what they set up, and, and I don't think their attack ever really got firing again after that. And Maybe we can talk about them not being an 80-minute side, um, but they absolutely got got out of the gates flying, and then the Reds really counter-punched quite quickly. Um, and I think they answered many of our criticisms with James O'Connor having a cracking game of rugby. So what do we think, boys? Well, what we're looking at with that James O'Connor is John O'Lance invited him to play James O'Connor's game. John O'Lance was taking it to the line, playing really flat, throwing absolute bullets and having success. And James O'Connor went, well, fuck this, man. That's my bread and... I'm not used to sending 10 back in the pocket and heaving kicks, even though he kicked quite well, I thought. Um, an improvement all around from him, but once he like opened up and he took the line on, which is his forte, he was be able to expose the force's defence. Yeah, he also stood quite a bit wider than a traditional 10, probably, which I think allowed him to, to with a bit more space and a little bit more time. He did play very well, don't get me wrong, um, but I thought he played well from that a slightly wider position, in my opinion, when watching it. And I thought, um, just Hunter Paitami, I was praising him last week. Obviously, he gave away a silly yellow card this week. Um, I still love everything that that bloke does. There was that one line he hit. He was the short ball. I think Hamish Stewart threw it, who had a blinder of a game. I fucking love that unders line. When you just accelerate as you get the ball and take the ball flat at the line. I love that shit. But all the praise for Hunter Paitami, I think he... Uh, he is a bit of a liability in defence, despite being probably the biggest hitter, one of the bigger hitters in Australian rugby. He, uh, he rushes out of the line a lot, and I think John O'Lance exposed that early. Mm. Uh, and then he obviously... Because he wants the hit, that's why. Two. What's that, he, want, he wants the hit, that's why. He's, he wants to rush out to make the hit and can be easily uh, transition past him. I think that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a huge culture of mongrel in this Reds team, and it's no surprise with Brad Thord being the coach. And in the right level-headed player, that's excellent, man. But to that to that inexperienced kid, it can be a bit of a weakness in your defense, that mongrel. Yeah, they're a bit of a fiend for a yellow card, aren't they, the oh, Reds? They froth it, man. They absolutely froth a yellow card, something a bit stupid. And you know what? It could have cost him in this one with 10 minutes mm. to go, Paisami coming off. Um, but it's a positive. Yeah. So. And in terms of positives, I think we, would, we, we we need to talk more about some of the other players on both teams that stood out for you. You already mentioned O'Connor and Pasami, but just talk about some of the forwards from both teams because we had it stand, no pun intended, stand up to you again as that number eight. And um, Salakai Loto, I know you big raps on him, and I agree he's played really well. Who stood out from the forwards for both teams from you? I think Salakai Loto, as you said. I think we're a bit harsh on him the last few years, sort of hoping he'd deliver as a, a flanker. 
Um, his move to the second round, which I was critical of, and it's probably a forced move at the Reds with everyone else uh, pissing off. Uh, he's been a revelation there. He's the hardest hitter in the forward pack, which is saying something when you've got Tupac on there as well. I, I love his work, and I love the hits and shots that he's putting on. Um, I think he absolutely deserves that praise. Um, I think it, over when you jump over to the force, I think Stowers, the Samoan bloke at number six, Stowers or Stowers, he's a, he's a fucking handy back rower as well. Um, Stunder, that bloke's never had a bag hammer rugby. Mm. And I love doing that na 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 stander every time he gets it, so I quite enjoy that. Just going back to Salah Highlight, I agree with what you said, but I think we need to recognise he's doing a bit more of the dirty work um, as well in and around the breakdown and trying to get over the ball, not as in terms of jackling, but doing that bit of dirty work, which I don't think he did before, so I think praise needs to be given there as well. Yeah, yeah, not absolutely. so much of a ball carrier, not a menacing take-the-line-on carrier, which he can do in his game. Um, he is doing more of that grunt work, isn't he? More of the engine, mm. letting those loose backs who are all fucking big in size too. Mm. Um, um, and then to run. throw to the force, I think Ralston, obviously, he's getting all the hype in the media. Um, the young kid from Queensland who scored, what, two tries, he was, he was sensational. Um, mm. I, I am always suspicious with wingers, though. You're often the beneficiary of the work that happens inside you. Um, but that intercept really kept the force in the game. The bloke has got some toe, doesn't he? Mm. Um, Which so goes against Ralston. your point on the uh, the overs line. Yep, mate, I was pro the unders line, Jim. Oh, we pro- I, oh, shit. Oh, I didn't oh, say fuck. shit about the overs line. Oh, I love the unders line, sorry. Oh, lo- love yeah. an unders line. Let's not, let's not be throwing stuff away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, th- and then if we're going to jump over to talking about wingers, Dalgunu from the Reds, mate, his feet are outrageous. I've had an ankle reconstruction. I'd need another one if I tried to tackle that bloke. Yeah. Um, and speaking of dirty work, he is a bloke who is more than happy to stick his head in a ruck. Fuck yeah. Uh, and I love that shit when you see a winger do he's that. A lot, he's like a young Marika in his hay. Well, a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> Just a green move on. No, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. Um, I thought it was uh, the Reds are a better better mix of back line uh, with Campbell at 15 and Fowe Sotia on the sting, um, who also still couldn't play 80. He was off at 60. Um, and, and I still can't work out, and we'll get to this with the, the Brumbies game, obviously, but why no hooker in Australia could throw the ball into a line-out? I don't know how we haven't mastered that skill just yet. I still think, I, I, I agree with your point, but I still think we need to also look into the other reasons why, because a lifter plays such a vital role in this as well, and, and that deception of it. So as much as, yes, there's some of the line-out throwing is not great, and there's some under-throwing, over-throwing as well, but I think it's the whole line-out team needs to function well enough for it to be successful. So yes, the hooker needs some presence, but those lifters and the movement of the line-outs as, as pods need a bit of a, a work-over as well. The, the percentage well, of contested get... line-out... The percentage of contested lineouts is through the roof at the moment, and particularly saying, in the Australian yeah. games. There's some mm. throws that go on that are just completely warped, mm. and um, they get called, but just as often they just go, fuck it, that'll do, play on. Mm. <laughs> you know what? I love it, though, the fact that they'd be contested, because it's supposed to be a contest. We went through this sort of passage where um, scrums kind of weren't as much of a contest. I think they are these days. Mm. We'll get into the refereeing and, uh, later. But we've got to, get, we've got to get to um, that point. I, I love that line-outs are a contest. 
I 100% agree. A line-out contest is amazing. The athleticism of a of a second row or whoever being thrown up and did the you use dynamism the to be able to do it. Yeah, I did. And but the problem is, it's like my questions. I don't have. I don't have. No, you trust the guys who are lifting you. But I don't have an issue with the contesting. But I have. But you surely got to outwit your the, your opponent by by getting them to jump early so you can throw over the top of them or movement to try and get up so you're not. Too many times the two guys being lifted are directly next to each other. There doesn't seem that much deception at the moment. Maybe that's um, why if, you, um, sorry, were you, maybe that's why you don't drink, Richard, because this, it sounds pretty bad if you get lifted and you're a bit tipsy. I tell you what, I've uh, terrible, obviously Jim. never <laughs> been near a ruck. Yeah, it was disgraceful, Jim. Um, I've obviously never been near a ruck, a scrum or a line out my entire life, being a 5'8", a fly half. But I remember, you know, the, the latter stages of my career, when you're doing a fourth grade cameo, being six foot two, I, I've been thrown up in a line out. Fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's no you're good. You're very hot. I made no attempt to get the ball. I had one concern, and it was landing safely, nowhere near a mall. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying out there. There are elements of gymnastics in those leaps that they do. Some ballet, even. Um, there yeah, is and some sometimes finesse. you see a, um, a shorter bloke who's really good at a line-out just because they've got those ballet feet. Yeah, they've got, they got it in there. Their DNA. One of the guys... One of the guys, I can't remember if it was Thrush or Lee Warner, one of the, uh, the, the force guys took an unbelievable take at one of the lineouts. We were like one-handed off balance. It was an unbelievable take. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to catch Thrush. No. <laughs> Is that you dropping the mic in the background as well, that's mate? Terrible, that's terrible, mate. That's terrible. <laughs> I just I thought that's, that's where we're at with jokes, but that's all right, I'll push on. Uh, <laughs> Can I just say, moving? How do we rate the red? Yeah, moving on. How do we rate the red season so far? Obviously, they've uh, um, undefeated so far. How would you rate their season? I think it's the the first time since their premiership winning season, and this could all be wrong. But I think it's the first time they won four games in a row. Yeah, so they think, did break you know, that. It's that. probably time to. It's probably time to get around them a little bit. Um, but but I, but I must admit, when you look at that side on paper, very 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 young um, but when you look at that side on paper you'd think they shouldn't have dropped a game they shouldn't drop a game in this Australian co competition mm. you know what I mean like you'd argue that they've got the second best team on paper to the Brumbies mm -hmm. they, they shouldn't come close to the Rebels who they're underdogs at the at sports bet thanks to the free money um, so just to confirm you drink and bet <laughs> Yeah, look, I've got problems, Richard. Yeah, I've, I've got clarify, corona, it's anxiety-inducing. Oh, okay, sure. Um, uh, but so, yeah, I don't think the Reds are the full package yet. I, I, I'd, if I was a Reds fan, I would be happy that they're winning, uh, excited by moments of individual brilliance, but the pieces haven't come together as, as a whole team yet. Um, elements mm. are. They, they're clearly a good scrummaging side. They're not a good line-out side. The breakdown works all right. The kicking in play is mediocre. It was good on the weekend. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're not there yet, but they, they probably should be. Yeah, and there's a um, little bit of an element of just like, everyone just calm down. They beat the force, and, and the Waratahs aren't playing great rugby right now, and they drew with the Rebels. They're not a great football team. There's no way you would classify the Reds a great football team. Um, I don't think yeah, there's many great... You've got to get around four wins. 
I think it's going to be all not four wins, four non-losses. Yeah. They drew their game to the Rebels. They did draw their um, game. I, hopefully they're building, and hopefully they'll develop a winning culture, which is what I think you saw in the Brumbies game. To throw over to the Force, I think, like we said, they came out of the gates flying. Lance played flat. Pryor came off hurt them. Ralston and McGregor were great out back. The back rowers got through some work. But... Can I just say, I think even even Bracky, you've not mentioned him a couple of weeks, you know, he stood out defensively, he gets out of that line and makes some... Yeah, the sometimes. American Bracky, he was great, wasn't mm. he? Actually, my brother mm. texted during the game about how well he was playing. Mm. He's very impressive. He's got a bit of toe, um, never switched off, stayed, stayed in it. But, uh, and it was actually exciting to see Reddy back. He looks like an evolved Pokemon. Like, he went away, looked like Anakin Skywalker, came back, he looks like a man. It's impressed me. It's the Perth no beers, man. It's those Perth beers. It's the Perth schooners. <laughs> the West Coast schooners. They age you. Um, they age you very much. Well, I think, I think it's done him well. My, my, my concern for the fours, um, and clearly they've got a very impassionate fan base when we get to that later, they're not winning a game, are they? No, God, I no. Sure. no. I, I think they'll win one. I Against two, Richard. Richard. I don't know. I just we always say the Sunwolves are not going to win a game, and then they always win one. So I think the Force will win one game. I don't know who against, but they'll win one. Mm, I just can't see it. Eh? I don't see I it happening either. I can't see it. They might win a half. Yeah. They might win a half. It'd be cute if they did, but I don't see them winning a game. Haven't they already won a half? I don't know. This will be harsh, Jim. Um, shall we jump over to the Canes Blues? Holy shit, this was a game of rugby, eh? I actually oh, we didn't do the Kiwi it, games so last week. No, we we did. didn't do the Kiwi games last week, and uh, I felt bad. So this was this was an outstanding game of rugby. The Barrett brothers against each other. Um, should we just go to the, the big highlights then, the big moments? Yeah, talk um, the big ones, the big, big ones. Well, the big ones is, who knew Lamarpi A is quicker than Bowden Barrett? Well, come on That's now, crazy. come on now. I won't, I won't sit back and just have this. You got to give him. him. He did burn him, but Barrett had to turn and go. There's, there's an element of pace you know loss on happened? the turn and go. I reckon oh, Barrett's had one look at Lamarpi and gone, nah. Dude, I would agree with you. But if you flash back the tapes to when Dan Coles, Dane Coles, whatever the fuck he is, went down that wing and the first time they played, the dude went in, put his head right in the way of him scoring that try. He got poleaxed. I don't think there's a there's a cowardice bone in Bowden Barrett's body, especially no, when there, you play there at 60 kegs. There, there, there absolutely isn't. But I just couldn't believe how quick Lamarpi was. I think I had, like many other people, and I think Lamarpi nailed it in the post-game, it's like, you're all been dissing me. I'm not about it. Um, I think I'd pigeonhole him as a quickish inside centre who gets you over the game line. I had no idea that he was an electric winger that could burn who I thought was one of the fastest players in world rugby. Mm. Who was in his hay. Um, it was very quick. It was fucking outstanding. Lamarpi is outstanding. coming. Lamarpi is coming into his element right now. This is the arrival of Nani Lamarpi. This little competition that's isn't going it? on here, which isn't is great. It? And did you see the thirteen the Canes are running now? Did you see the yeah, size of the thirteen? That's it's just remember Lamarpi used to be the big ball carrying runner. Now you've just got fucking Aquaman sitting at thirteen making Adline for days. That's a good shout. He does look like Aquaman. Yeah, he does. I'll look give like you that. Aquaman. I'll tell you what shat me though, because we'll come to Barrett's missed tackle on Lamarpi a little bit later in the game. Um, I don't think talk of both Barrett's demise is absurd. There's been a lot of talk online that Barrett's past it. He's getting a bit old. 
No, you're talking about a bloke who's had a long, long, long off-season, is playing out of position in a team he's not familiar with. And then signs an international contract. That's where it's all coming from. Like, yeah, he's not playing as well as he was at the World Cup, but that's all right. He's one of the best players in the world. He'd be right. Yeah, but you always shit on the guy who's just about to leave. That's what journalism is. That's journalism. My question, though, on Bowden Barrett, because Lamarpe did burn him once and the second time run over him like he was a speed bump. My question on Bowden Barrett is, I thought they had a centralised system there. Is he the all-black 10? No. You never know. Mawanga failed at the World Cup. They do have some little fucking culture where the last dude... he. Whoever washed the jersey last gets to wear it next time or something. He will be. It's going to take a lot for him not to be. Well, then if he is, what's he doing at 15? Well, he was playing 15 at the Canes every now and then too, wasn't he? Before the arrival of Geordie. I just think they're indispensable and they can't put a order out to the Hurricanes saying he must play 10 because he's going to play 10 in the All Blacks. He's just going to have to make do. What do you think, Richard? Is Bowden Barrett the All Black 10? No, I actually don't think he is at the moment, no. Uh, I think uh, as much as you say Richie Mwanga failed, I think in the short term right now, Richie Mwanga is the 10. You know, Burden Barrett's going to go off on his uh, secondment to, to play in Japan. I just think in the short term right now, um, Mwanga is 10. So um, I don't really see that as to be a, any kind of controversy or any kind of point of discussion, really. I think okay. the All Blacks look after... Yeah, but the look about right now, the he's best not going ten to be, in the yeah. world. No, no, no. But Pl- he's not. But he's not playing for the, the All Blacks right now, and he's not going to for the next year and a half. So why wouldn't you just? So what you don't pick him for this rugby championship? This no, you play him at no, you play him at fifteen, like because that's where he's played. He's playing at fifteen at the moment, but surely for the next but year and a half. Crazy when you've it got is crazy. Harvey it is crazy. Um, Don't get me wrong. It is. But w- you asked me the question about what New Zealand were doing right at this moment in time. And they, they're looking for the next year and a half. And Richie Mwanga is their, their guy for the next year and a half. Cause I just think they... it's a conspiracy of Leon McDonald. is like, remember when you fuckers played me at outside centre at the World Cup? I'm going to show you what happens when you play a bloke out of position. Well, the, the, the interesting question that I'm going to pose is who's three? What do you mean? Who's the third ten for the All Blacks? It's not Aaron Cruden. He's on the bench these days. No, it definitely isn't. Can't be Garden Bashup. He's he's good, but he's also bad. Who's, who's your second one? Sorry. Terrible. Who's your second one? Um, Jim, I was going. I was going Barrett. They're yeah, interchangeable. So then, if it's Mawanga, yes. it's Barrett on the bench. If it's Barrett, it's Mawanga, right? So the point I was going to make is then when Barrett disappears for his year, that then you play McKenzie, and then they become interchangeable. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you. I see. I think McKenzie's a genuine fifteen. Anyway, we're, oh, we're digressing so a bit too yeah. far. Um, I just think talk of Bowden Barrett's demise is absurd. We're talking about one of the best players in world rugby, and he even scored an absolutely fucking ripping try himself. The bloke's sensational. Um, I just can't. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing at fifteen. It just seems a bit of an odd one for me. Um, I think Christie had a bit of a poor game for the Blues, and he hurt, and he hurt them in this one. Uh, I just wanted to mention, I don't want to dwell on this game for too long, but Papali, the number seven for the Blues, um, any other country, he's he's the seven. He's so fucking good, mate. He's better than Sam Kane. No way. Can you say that? I haven't watched the game, so season. I can't. You, 
literally you you're saying he's big. That's, that's what I'm saying. I haven't. So this is. I'm asking you a question. Are you serious? Like being objective? He's better than Sam Kane than the New Zealand I, captain. Well, we'll have to get to the Chiefs. I don't even think Sam Kane's captaining well at the Chiefs. Wow, or that's pretty cool. Well. That's a huge call. I didn't know you yeah. were privy to the chats, man. I didn't know. Oh, no, I didn't know you were in the room when he rallies the boys pre-game. Yeah, oh, mate, I don't you. know. I could be speaking out one. I just want to say something sensational to fire up some Kiwis. Um, but I'm, I don't know. It seems like a strange one to me. Um, just throw over to the cage. I thought Geordie Barrett had a blinder. Lamarpi had a blinder. Um, they're clearly still lucky in 10. Savia had an absolute ripping game. I think, interestingly, they asked the Kiwi players to vote who the best player is in New Zealand. And the Kiwi players in all Super Rugby voted for Savia. It's just hands down, I would back that too. I just reckon it's a pretty good shout too. They're not heaps far off it. Um, that bloke is sensational. He was sensational on the weekend. Did you say um, Salvia played this weekend? Yeah, number eight. Oh, I'd ha- no, I'd, I haven't. So I couldn't hear you. You brought the... Um, oh, okay, sorry, mate. Yeah, no, ripped. Had an absolutely outstanding game nice. of rugby. Awesome. Uh, ben Lamb's another one that... Maybe the ball just didn't come his way a bit, but the Ben Lamb of two years ago, who looked like the next Julian Savia, I don't know, hasn't really arrived, has he? He's probably got his eye on the prize for his, because he signed up a big contract, didn't he, to go somewhere else? Maybe I'm wrong. Did he? I don't know. I don't know. You're Surely not. Man. I'm not going to question the man's professionalism if he's not here to defend himself. It's very good of you, Jim. Well done. <laughs> it's nothing we've ever done on this podcast before. Um, but a fucking incredible, incredible game of rugby. Uh, the, the Blues, man, they could have won this, and it really would have cemented them as the number two in this New Zealand conference. I'm actually shocked they didn't win it. Um, the Canes just didn't stop. They just kept knocking on that door, kept knocking on that door, but there's not much in this game. They play another ten times. I reckon it's five and five. And Um, and I reckon the Blues are on the way up. Canes maybe a little on the way down. I don't know. It was in the cake tin. They're they're a try. That comp is the most interesting thing running around the world right now. Yeah, but I won't sit here and say that that um, reduces how good the Australian comp is at the moment. I won't either. It's definitely not. Not when it's not here to defend itself. No, but it's different. It's it's different. There's no, but there's no question. The quality is different, but that doesn't mean the competition is any worse off because of it. The intensity is still of a high level between the Australian teams. That's what makes a competition. I don't argue watching these ones on the weekend. It didn't appear that um, defensively, tactically. There was a lot of difference. And you know what? I'll agree with you there because I, I was like, fuck, I'm going to put like, I watched it on mute and just looked for the the infringements, the dropping of the balls, the knock-ons and whatnot. And they were as common as you would find in a Super Rugby AU game. Yeah, whereas And, and what, last... what it put it down to, though, what, uh, the only thing I took away was just the fucking, the atmosphere, the intensity in which you seem to be seeing in the players, the commentary. It's just a little more of an exciting product as a result of all those other factors. It's just not Kearns telling me that fucking someone needs to throw a line out 200 times a day if they want to play for the Wallabies. <laughs> That, that the, made it to the air. From, the chippy from Mossman. The chippy from Mossman. Um, anyway, a brilliant game of rugby. I enjoyed every minute of that Hurricanes-Blues game. Um, awesome watching the Barrett boys smash it out against each other. Two teams with electric backlines giving it their everything. Awesome game of rugby. Nigel Lamarpi. Um, Nigel, that's not his name at all. Um, Lamarpi is... <laughs> 
Burning close. We'll, we'll, we'll cut that out in the. We'll cut that out in the postscript. Yeah, yeah. um, a fucking freak. Hey, do you know who he reminds me of? Um, you boys are into your American football more than me. Was it the halfback who gets it off the the quarterback yeah. for your running meters? Yeah. He reminds me of a halfback. Low center of gravity, incredibly fast feet, but powerful in contact. Um, yeah, running just, back. Running back, just absolutely dynamic in that capacity. Um, and I just, if he's not the all-right 12, I don't understand. There's just no way he's not, man. Yeah. Last thing on that game, did Bowden Barrett, I mean, that his attempt on Lamarpe looked like my attempt at tackling throughout the bulk of my career. You know, you just kind of get your body in the way and get absolutely fucking pumped. Um, what was that? Oh, well, that... Barrett's been known to go for those cheeky intercepts at key times. He's pulled it off a couple of times. I don't think he was going for an intercept, mate. I think he was trying I to I reckon he was in two minds and putting himself in a position where he would get rid of the problem before it occurred and he just got fucking shown. I just reckon there's no shame in it, mate. Lamarpe's got a 20-metre run head up. Not many blokes are making that tackle in world rugby. No, no way. It looked like let, that time... Let alone which... blokes whose assets is attack, not defence. i tell you what it looked like. It looked like that that time in which we did like one cameo after two years of no physical contact on the rugby field and that big-ass 12 from Manly just ran straight at me. And I went, no way, champ, and just stood there. I remember, I'll never <laughs> forget, we were behind the goalpost and I looked at you and I went, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And you went, ask me tomorrow if that was the right decision. <laughs> He was huge, man. Just and I remember ringing it. you Sunday morning with a hangover, and I went, I'll tell you what, it was the right decision. Let's stand by that call. That's very funny. That's what it looked um, like, that. It did, didn't it? It absolutely did. All right, let's jump over. Tars Brumbies, uh, another cracking game, I guess, for, for different reasons. Um, it, it really was a bloody absolute nail-biter, the Tars got out in front early, and they looked like they really, really wanted it. They looked young. They looked enthusiastic. It looked like they didn't know they were supposed to lose. Um, they were doing everything right. And then I guess we'll get into what the Brumbies started to do well in the second half, but the Tars looked like they just wanted the game to finish. They didn't look like they wanted to finish the game. Yeah, they did um, race to a lead and then were just kicking it away and waiting for the game to sort of finish. Like they just really, to end. Yeah, which, was a, which has never worked. You would never do that to any opposition. Um, no, and I think on this point. one, what was disappointing for the Tars is you're never going to get the Brumbies like this again. You've got their number 10 out and the bloke replacing him has played five minutes of rugby in his entire life. You've got their tight head prop out for the whole game. And you've got a Brumbies team that's given away six scrum penalties and lost every single line out. That's not going to happen again. Yeah. Like, we have to talk about those things for the Brumbies, but if you're going to beat them, well, that's how you're going to beat them. The Brumbies yeah. have always struggled when their set piece doesn't work, and that set piece was not working. Um I think it's indicative of the way the Waratahs are right now, that they're so not used to winning and they're unsure how to win. And I think so you've hit the nail on the head there, isn't it? It's a winning culture. Mm. The Brumbies had that, that belief that, no, we're meant to win this comp. Mm. Um, we're just going to stay in this. And you're right, I don't think the Tars knew how to win it. I think, it. It was literally there for the taking. I think also the other thing is the interchange or impact players or whatever you want to call them, substitutes. I think that's a big difference. If you look at the Brumbies team that comes on, you know, whether it's Sia, McCaffrey, Will Miller... 
you know, whoever, and then compare them to a Waratahs bench. I think those impact players really make a difference late in the game as well. And I think that's agreed. The and they're, the they're part of the setup. Like yeah. it feels like it, there's a continuity of replacement mm. there. Uh, yes. Whereas some of the Tars blokes, like, who's this kid? Yeah. And and um, you, you've shown your depth of knowledge in carpentry there, Rickard. You've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. But I think what we saw from the Brumbies. <laughs> Seriously, one Scotch gym. <laughs> no, I'm blind. <laughs> I'm really enjoying myself. Though. I'm having a great time. Um, but it was more individuals like crawled the Brumbies back in here. Um, which was good to see, but it wasn't people who I was expecting it from. Muirhead had an absolute belter. I've yeah, never seen Muirhead players as well, especially after getting a yellow. He came back with a bit of venom, which is awesome. And he Cusack, got a yellow card and was man of the match, Muirhead. Yeah, and Cusack, I've always wondered why Cusack gets the nod over McCaffrey. I've just always thought McCaffrey was just someone I'd rather on my team. I wouldn't say either or is better than the other, but Cusack really I, stood up today. I, I guess I'm or both two days those. ago. <laughs> Cusack's your out now, Pilfera. So I, I don't think McCaffrey's his like for like replacement. It'd be Will Miller. Um, I mate, Cusack and Will Miller, they're two blokes I would love to have at my club. They yeah. are just they're just very good breakaways. They've been doing it for a very, very long time. Muirhead's impressed the pants off me. I think I saw someone tweet he's like a Kiwi winger in that he just keeps working. Mm. Like and he's got a, got a cool hairdo. He does have a cool hairdo. I'll give, I'll give him that, and it suits his name. Um, he's everywhere. He does a lot of work off the ball, which a lot of Australian wingers don't yeah, do. Yeah, hunting. And it links up really, really nicely with Tom Bakes. The interesting thing is, I saw someone tweet, I've never seen Muirhead have a bad game. Wallabies, question mark. Um, I don't even know if he's in the Brumbies starting 15. No. Nah, when you've got Paulu mm. and Qatar back... Does he make it? Uh, it's it's really weird because no, no. it does feel that Muirhead is just doing the coach, doing a mate a favour. You know, you get the call <laughs> up from the from a mate in a team. We need we don't have fifteen this week. There's there's a vibe to him that's just like he's just making the numbers up, but it's not the case at all. Um, and he's, he's the kind of player energy. where we were talking about Nelson Lamb before and when he was having an absolute belter of a season as opposed to now. And I just think it's probably more of a change in the game plan for the Hurricanes. They're not looking for that big winner to go one-on-one or two-on-one or whatever. You've, and you ahead. I don't know who Nelson Lamb is, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't follow that train of thought at all. No. Lamb is, he, is... is he related to Ben Lamb? Or... <laughs> oh, this has gone off the deep end. Uh, let's get back to some rugby talk. Can I just talk about... Some, we, we shit on um, uh, Simone at, at times. I think it was one of his better games, wouldn't you say, in, in a Bromby shirt um, of the weekend? Absolutely, and to talk to talk your business, um, the tight five, we have shat on the Tars tight five for, for three years, I reckon. Um, I think you've got to give it. Robertson offers some serious starch to their front row. Mm. I don't agree with the way their scrum was refereed. We can get to that. But I think Robertson is a genuine scrummaging prop, and his absence has been noted for the Waratahs this season. Uh, he added a lot coming back into that side. Horton, the reserve hooker, he threw well. He was everywhere, mate. He's the size of a halfback, ringing wet. The bloke's tiny, and he really impressed me as a hooker. And I think two blokes that literally we've made a name for ourselves shitting on, Ned Hannigan and Simmons, were both outstanding. Yeah, oh. this that, is the That's eight. the best Simmons you... has played in 10 years. Yes, I'll give you Simmons. I'm still not convinced by Hannigan as a second row, but Simmons I'll give you definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, look, I'm not convinced by Hannigan as a second row. He had a good bloody game, though. 
You've got to give him that. He's still got yeah. the worst balance in world rugby, but he had a good game of rugby. This but is the eight that they need him, to stick though, with. Sorry, Jim. If you, if you go back to him, though, he has to play because he doesn't get in against Swinton, Hooper, or Dempsey. And so he has to play He has to play second row, but he's mm. just not got the dark arts of a second row just yet. It's, and it's harsh, and it's probably a common and checker more than anyone else, but I'm starting Stanner fourth. Well, at, at the row. And Hannigan's on the yeah. bench. Yeah. yeah. But do you remember when Hannigan was all the talk, this young kid, Wallaby Jersey? Dempsey and Swinton both are better than him. Of course. Mm. I did think Swinton was a, an interesting sort of baptism of fire. Um, he's got a lot of press about the necessary mongrel that the Wallabies need and a throwback to the 1970s. And well-deserved. The bloke stood up in defence every single week. I, I reckon, in my honest opinion, I think Valentini absolutely dominated him this weekend mm. in terms of ball-carrying, defence, work of the breakdown of physicality. It, it was chalk and cheese. Yeah, I still I find Valentini tends to go missing every now and then. I agree. I, I don't disagree with that. But I think in this game in particular, and certainly in the last 20 Valentini showed up, it, it's not even close who the better number six is there. I thought Valentini was all over him. Can I actually ask your opinion? Because obviously the, the line-out particularly needs to function if you have multiple jumpers. So looking at a Wallaby makeup, who is the your, um, your six, seven, eight combination to ensure you've got enough jumpers for the Wallabies as it stands right now? Mate, I don't know. I, I, I need to see a bit more rugby. If you ask me post-COVID, I'd probably have one answer. Um, we'll have to see a bit more rugby um, coming forward. I think Hooper is clearly is still an outstanding footy player. Um, Michael Hooper's a gun, mate. He's an absolute gun. So he walks into that conversation for me, um, and we can talk about him going off the field and having a bit of a tanty this week. Um, the other two, it remains to be seen. Samu, Nicerani isn't playing. Old mate at the Reds has been outstanding at number eight. There's more competition for that number six jersey than I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, second row is the question mark for the Wallabies, though. Um, I guess we'll get to Hooper's tantrum, but firstly, I just wanted to call um, James Ram, John Ram, just to celebrate George Gregan. Um, and then the next, has Maddox had a worse game of rugby in his life? Probably, but he wasn't very good, no. It, it was like one of those, like, it was like a comedy. Mm. It didn't matter what he did, it just turned to shit. Mm. He was I trying, so though. sorry for him. Yeah, but he would kick it, he'd get out the fall, he'd pass it, he'd knock it on, he'd try and tap it in, it'd go out. It just, the poor bloke, absolutely everything went wrong for him. Mm. Um, and everyone was on him. Like, he was the missing ingredient, and just everything went wrong for him. Um, I feel sorry for the poor bloke. Is he what a natural you... 15? Yeah, Who, yes. that's his position. Who's, he just had yeah. a bad game of rugby, mate. Who's swimming? Someone swimming. Someone, someone underwater. Um, I thought, I thought Banks looks underdone. He doesn't look quite fit yet. Nah, he's just coming. But he looks older though. He looks much he doesn't, older. He looks a bit bigger too. Looks a bit heavier. Um, I thought Powers, Powers ordinary. So did I. Mm. Powers was I thought, ordinary that day. Um, the young Fines who came on was heaps dynamic. Obviously scored the match-winning try. Just two questions about one of them's a you know about a nine. What's what's going on with Jake Gordon? I know he's um I know he's at the tires rather than bummies, but what I is he injured at the moment? Recently, hamstring, I think. He's only a week or two away. And the other question, him. and the other question, what did you think of the new Waratahs midfield? Uh, much better with Carmichael Hunt. I thought uh, Walton mm. had his best game yet for the Tars at thirteen. 
Um, I think that's a much better midfield. It'll be interesting for them when Fichetti comes back. Mm. Um, if he's got a place in that midfield, he's out injured as well at the moment. Um, I don't know if he does. I quite like this midfield for the Waratahs. Mm. Um, I actually quite like the Stars team. I think they need to get a bit of continuity. I think this is one of their better teams. I think so too. That I think this put, is them. put on the park. I guess my questions for the Brumbies are twofold. One, if they can't get the line out right, they won't win this competition. Everything mm. they do... For, for four years now, since they've had McKellar, has been built off the line-out. Uh, whether it's the driving mall or the platform or Kurandrani getting in with the gain line. When their line-out doesn't work, they look very, very beatable. So my first question is, can they get that working? And then my next question is, Lalesio is obviously going to be out for a while. Um, how much does that hurt them? He was orchestrating the entire back line. I found once he went off, which was very, very early, they didn't have much of an attack in this game. It was very one-out sort of stuff. Who was it? it I can't remember. It was the... Um, um, no, 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 no. Um, came on. Um, and yeah, Steve but... Lenthal, who tweets um, brilliantly. If you don't follow him, you're insane. The bloke is fucking hilarious on Twitter. But he tweeted, I think he replied and said that... Um, in the preseason, it was neck and neck who the starting ten was going to be. Between Kunzel uh, and Lolisio. Lolisio, yeah. Okay, that was the question I was going to have because I remember at the beginning of the season it was a toss-up between two of them, and I couldn't remember who the other one was. So there's another young bloke. I can't think of his name. I follow him on Instagram. Mm. I think he's a bit more of a twelve, but he's injured now as well. Um, I can't think of the bloke's name. I know Brumbies fans will be tearing your hair out right Lonigan? now. Um, no, no, he's the halfback. He's the reserve halfback. Uh, he's an Islander kid. He absolutely looks outstanding when he plays. But I don't, don't know enough again? about Kunzel. But it's, it, not, it's not Wahiri. What's that? It? Yeah, no. Um, no, no. Uh, but if Kunzel doesn't deliver, I'm a little bit worried for the Brumbies. Um, it just depends how long Lolesio's out. Do you think Do you think that will cripple him too much, not having a 10? Of I course, it would got... impact any team. But Hammy is not the longest time. So there's hopes that he'll be back. It's a short competition, though. It is a short competition. I actually think, I agree that a 10 is a very pivotal position, uh, but I do feel that their pack is probably, I know you're saying as long as the line-out works, but I just think they've got enough grunt and I think they could keep it in tight and they'd still beat enough of the other Australian teams and still get over the over the line. They may not find it as easy without the structure agree, of the but I reckon the Reds could become their stumbling block there. Could be. I think where they beat the Reds is out wide. Um, and if they don't have a 10, they might find that hard to deliver. But maybe they just end up t- changing it and they're using their 10, whoever it is going to be, and they use Corindrani as their battering ram to, to draw people in and use him in different ways than what they have this time instead of going wide. And yeah, draw he more will people be lining up against Hunter, though. Mm. <laughs> I think Paisami will be up for that challenge. But that's why I love this competition. That's what I'm frothing about it is it's so small we can imagine those matchups. The Brumbies are great, but they'll struggle against this style of play. Um, and imagine those, those I don't know, those head-to-head clashes. It's an exciting prospect. Mm. I really, really like it. And the last thing just on it is, you talked about Brum- the Brumbies, one of their strengths is continuity, consistency, structure, etc. Maybe they already have a plan in place that that 10 makes a seamless transition. Is He's not going to be as good as Lalesio, um, but... You know, they've gone through the same patterns. They, he understands how to play the game, and maybe the transition is easier than what we think. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and you could be right there. Speaking of right, um, he's a bloke I'd love to see closer to the ball, Tom Wright. His hands, when he has the ball in two hands, he looks very hard to tackle. 
Um, I'd love to see him get a get the ball, and I've been calling this for a while, in that first or second receiver channel. Be a bit more of a floating winger than just mm. a finisher. Mm. Yeah, just definitely going to find some more work. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then quickly throw over to the Kiwi game, um, which is fucking ridiculous. I'm going to confess, I literally stopped watching at halftime. Um, what was I doing on Sunday? I was doing things. I literally stopped watching at halftime because I thought, oh, this one's over. I was actually that bloke. And then I checked the score at the end of the game and went back and watched that finishing try that Aaron Smith who is on another level at the moment. The bloke is on another stratosphere. Um, I, do, I couldn't do it justice trying to analyse this one. It was, it was nothing short of a miracle. Was it five unanswered tries in the second half to win by two points in injury time? Yeah, wasn't it 31-7 or something like that? Yeah. It, it was crazy. Um, I guess the two questions, because you boys aren't jumping in, I don't feel like you watched it. Um, two questions well, I, I want to ask um, for this I, one. I, I did not, know, so I can't have much. Um, what do we think about Gatlin's coaching now? I'd heard he'd been voted the greatest, it was a poll, the best European coach ever. He'd won some poll recently for what he'd achieved for the Lions and Wales. Is, is he coming crashing really? back down to earth? Really? Dude, you can't yeah. get a two-point loss and then transfer it into his coaching is going out the window. They just had, when was the last time Chiefs won a game in this Kiwi conference? They're getting pumped. Yeah, and they're coming off a bye too. You and I just think you, get, you, you look at Gatland and Kane when that happens. You look at the leadership. Um, oh, is that where you're going with, with Sam Kane not being a very good captain right now? Yeah, I am a little bit. I'll say controversial shit. Or do they just not have the talent of the other teams? I just thought benching Cruden, pulling off Weber too early, were just crazy decisions for me. I think looking at that Chiefs lineup, there are a lot of, and again, they, they are probably outstanding footballers. And again, I've not watched this, so I don't know, but there's a lot of names on there that I am not aware of who they are. And that's, that's unusual for a Chiefs, Chiefs setup. So maybe it is, maybe they just don't have the talent right now at the moment. I'll agree with that, to, and especially until Leonard Brown returned. I think I'd never realised how much they missed him um, until he came back this weekend. and looked fucking brilliant, even in uh, just the first half that I watched. But I look at the Highlanders team, and not a heap of talent in that side either. You know, who's pushing yeah. for all black selection in that side? Frizzell and Aaron Smith? Yeah, but Ash Dixon's been talked about in the past within that forum, hasn't it? Aaron yeah. Smith. Mitchell Hunt's been talked about it before. Rob Thompson's been talked about it before. <laughs> no? Maybe not. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like yeah. they lost to the Crusaders. No. They no, blew a 30 point lead to the Crusaders, or the, even the Blues this season. Hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs there. Um, you'd have to talk to some Kiwi fans, but I, I just thought with Gatlin. They, they were going to deliver a little bit more. And I think we all had the Highlanders firmly placed at the bottom of that conference. Hmm. Like, I literally, I think you listened to a tape a few weeks ago. We all, we all agreed on that. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. No. Who, who Jim, any thoughts? Didn't catch it. Um, when you pile on a lot of points late in a game, um, 
sounds a bit like the Western Forces performance, really. And rallying the troops back together, maybe, comes under the umbrella of what the captain serves to do. It is, maybe, uh, a slight comment on his leadership, and that would go the same way with Gatland, right? Um, there's a lot of things that factor into a team not being able to put on some points when the other team's momentum or they're not able to switch momentum around. But I just think you're dealing with some of the four best provincial teams in the world. I think it's a cutthroat tournament. Losing by two is gut-wrenching, especially after you had a lead. But the Chiefs, I just went back, they, they haven't won this year. Um, so even though I'm putting a lot on it is just a two-point loss, they haven't won. There is something not working at the Chiefs. It's interesting, and that, that's why I just posed the question with Gatlin. Does he just need a bit more time? Does he need a bit more recruitment? Or is it, is it a fucking brutal setup? You go from Wales where, well, if you win, you're overachieving in terms of England, Ireland, when you travel the Southern Hemisphere, you're sort of overachieving. Um, even the Lions tours, you know, there, there's an expectation that probably their only favourites and all the ones that he's coached in Australia. I think so, he's, he's coaching a completely different skill set here too. I and think then he's just walked into so accustomed super rugby in New Zealand and guess what? You're only playing Kiwi sides. Hmm. Yeah. And they're all juniors who are playing revolutionary game plans. Just big boys. It's not just fucking... So we'll have to give him a, a bit longer. And look, let's be honest, they lost, what, the game to the Blues by a drop goal? The game to the Highlanders by a try after full time? So a couple of things changes, and we're not even having this conversation. Exactly. And it's the harshest competition to credit. If you're losing in this comp, like, it's it's hard. It's it's a hard-boiled egg because it's a fucking tough comp, man. But it's also hard uh, to stop the rock once you're already in it, as you say you then start to uh, spiral out of control next year. Yeah, two games. because so little are separating these teams. It yeah. is a mindset. And then you start mm. to point fingers at Sam Kane, at Gatlin. And I think you're, that's what we sort of said happened well, with the Tars. You, you start to spiraling. point fingers. Yeah, I'll point fingers. Mm. I'll point them. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what journalism is, isn't it? Mm. Well, I wouldn't call us journalists, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'd call us two alcoholics. And a boring and person. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> had a quick, quick kip. I'm back. <laughs> Um, so a, a few other points that I just want to bring up um, one thing that just really shits me um, and I don't know if this is a refereeing thing if it's a me ignorance thing I'm way too arrogant to actually think that if it's a refereeing thing it's a me ignorance thing or it's a commentary thing I really get the shits at scrum time when they randomly go to full arm later on in the game they change back to short arm then they go back to full arm at some stage in the game, they'll allow resets. Other stage in the game, so they go straight to a penalty with fucking zero explanation. Like, I've been watching rugby since I was a very little boy. I don't know what happens in the front row, but I can give you a pretty good idea before the game, during the game, which team has the dominant scrum. But don't get me wrong. Dominant, I know cheating occurs and there's yeah, all sure, sorts so. of dark arts mm. and that, sure. But... It just really bothers me when you see five, six penalties which are absolutely instrumental in the outcome of a game and it's going against the... T- you there? 